Welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday afternoon. Finally, mercifully, we can talk about the postseason press conference for the Philadelphia Eagles. We have just heard from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. I am Bo Wolf. That is Zach Berman. We've got a lot to get to. The news that maybe Vic Fangio will finally become the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. But Zach, we got to start, you know, um, three years ago. The Eagles had to clean house, unfortunately, because they were the team most affected by COVID. And this year, they have had a delayed press conference to no fault of their own because of the snow. You have to feel bad for them. And, the well, in that locker room the other night, they were really devastated, right? They could see it, so they took a day to regroup. And then those exit meetings, I mean, no other team. Yeah, no other team, has, no, no other team was sad that their season was over. Nor, yeah. nor has exit meetings as extensive as, as the Eagles. Look, that, that's, what they, that's why they said there was a, a delay here. And then Friday. That's how the press conference began. Yes. Howie Roseman it was, was uh, apologetic in trying to explain why it was that, you know, as, uh, as Dana said, like the Tampa Bay Bucks beat them in the playoffs and still had their mm-hmm. postseason press conference before them. As if, uh, as if there were not, you know, decisions to be made. And, and by the way, it's, you know, this was just an aberration, this one and six finish. Never mind, don't pay attention to the fact that we have fired both coordinators. You know, we believe in, in the way that we are pulling. I, I, this is, this is going to be a little bit disjointed because we are still sort of digesting sure. everything we just heard. But it, it did sort of seem to me like the, the arc of that press conference was, all right, we're going to come out with our talking points. We are going to own this. You know, this, this is a season that deserves explanation and change to help fix some things and then as it went on it became a little bit more you know chest puffy mm-hmm. like well you know our record was whatever it was 33 and, and 11 right yeah and like you know we've got the confetti and i know that we can do it because we've done it before and so um i don't know i don't really know what my answer is here but that was just uh it, it kind of it kind of flittered away it was actually kind of like the arc of the eagle season a little bit <laughs> look i i get it right <laughs> i mean they'd be i would be defensive too if you will or i would it, you know it's the old it's the old lawyer adage if the facts are on your side argue the facts right and from you know so so you asked for instance about the defensive line, and he kind of defended the linebacker situation in there. Right, I, but, asked, I asked the question that I said on yeah. yesterday's show. You know, did, did, is it, how do you explain the underperformance of yeah. the defensive line, and has it taught you anything about or changed your mind about anything from a roster construction standpoint? And instead, we got well, we we believe in Nickobe Dean, the player. Well, and well, the no, well, no, the part of that I I was I was I was going to mention was that how he conveniently noted that 
when they made the Super Bowl twice in the past six years, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the same way, like when the linebackers were good. Okay, well, so then why don't you care yeah. about it? But so, so I, look, I I'm not gonna kill them for that because if you're just gonna get up there and say, sure, we went one and six in the last seven games, we went one and six in the last seven games, right? Like that wouldn't infuse confidence. I think they're trying to infuse confidence. But there is a, a a degree of defensiveness. What what you want to find out is what's their plan going forward. Do they view one and six as an aberration, or do they view one and six as an indication? And I, I frankly think that they're viewing one and six more as an aberration. Although, I, now I don't uh, agree with that. Okay, well, well, no, I, I think that's their line. Well, from the roster, I think, from the roster, I think okay. the co- yeah. I, so the coaching staff clearly. If they were, uh, if they thought this was a complete outlier, they would just run it back. Right. And they're not running it back, right? They they dismissed both coordinators. You only do that if you think changes needed. And Nick, to his credit, say the off- He said the offense was stale at the end, and they need to get rid of the staleness of the offense. Yeah. And look, that it takes. You know what you gotta do? This is a, this is a good test. If you got like a stale like baguette or a piece of bread or something, just you put a little bit of water on it, and then you put it in the oven, and it's sort of like it's brand new. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Freshen up that baguette. Okay. Well, they they chose not to do that. They chose to get a new baguette. Uh, so in that case, on defense, that they chose, baguette. They chose instead to bag it. To bag it. Look at you. That's why you're so clever. Mm. Uh, or that's an example of how you're so clever. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of places to, to go with this. There wasn't much of a action plan that was um, described, nor would we expect there to be an action plan described. We can say that the offense is going to be in the hands of the offense coordinator. Nick Sirianni kind of made that clear. That now, now we'll see it in practice if, if that's the case, and a lot of that could depend on who they hire. Uh, Brian Johnson. It seems like Brian kind of got and 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 Nick even alluded to this. He kind of got scapegoated for like they need fresh ideas, and Nick's not getting rid of himself, so he's going to get rid of the guy, right. the offensive coordinator. Like that, Brian got caught up in that. There, yeah, I think we're we're both rambling a little bit because yes. there is a lot to unpack. Let's 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 start with. Like the news that came out of this press conference, and and that's not even the Schefter report that uh, Vic Fangio is out in Miami and likely to land in Philadelphia. You had a nice little back and forth with Nick, remembering the last time that something like this happened when Kevin Byard was uh, was traded mm-hmm. to the Eagles in the middle of his press conference. I think from a uh, what did we learn about what's going to change moving forward standpoint, the most interesting thing, the most tangible thing that we learned was what you just said about. Uh, Nick's explanation that the offensive coordinator they hire is going to like they're going to hire in part for a scheme Mm -hmm. and it's going to you know it's still going to be the Philadelphia Eagles offense rah rah but they are committed to bringing in somebody who who is going to bring a freshness to the scheme and it seemed to me the way he was describing things like the way that we've talked about Vic Fangio or Ron Rivera as a head coach of the defense that they are maybe trying to bring in someone who can be the head coach of the offense, which is not Gerard Johnson, who they interviewed today. Um, I don't know that that is necessarily the case because, you know, Nick was joking about, you know, maybe I can pop in some defensive meetings or whatever. But it it certainly sounds like the biggest change is that they are transitioning, whether this is of Nick's volition or this is Jeffrey's direction, 
that they are transitioning Nick to become more of the CEO type and a little bit less in the weeds on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, it sounds that way. Now, we need to, we need to see it in, in practice, but I, I think you hit on something interesting there that that, that might have come from Jeffrey, that they need fresh ideas on offense. Perhaps Nick had that self-awareness to acknowledge that, but yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that, that there was change expected on the offensive side for him to specifically use the term stale because that's not how they were describing the offense in season. And I, and I get it. You're, you're not going to bear your soul sure. during the season. But that, that struck me for him to use the term stale – as he's been adamant that's his offense. And again, the way he described Brian Johnson leaving was that Brian Johnson kind of got caught up in this in, in, in this thing that they needed fresh ideas, that they need to bring in someone from the outside. He said, I can't say enough good things about yeah. Brian. Now, I, I will point little, out... He pulled a, little, pulled a little ZB. He worked blue there and dropped, uh, dropped an S-bomb. Is Shitty an S-bomb? What would the other S-bomb be? No, my point is, is Shitty's not... Uh, a horrible world. You're you're allowed to say that on on radio, I believe, aren't you? No, not that I know of. I know that Howard Stern is is that one Howard of the words? Howard Stern is not on like terrestrial radio. No, yeah. Have you seen the the private parts movie? There's like seven. Yeah, and I'm sure one of your favorites. <laughs> Poe. There's seven words you can't say or something like that. I, I don't think shit is one of them, but yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, you have just said it like eight times in the past. Uh, Joy's gonna look it 20 up here. Twenty seconds. Um, is it one of the words it's you can't say on radio? Uh, so, in any event, besides the point. Uh, so I, I, um, I. Yeah, Zach, what, what if you read there these seven no. words that you can't say on television? Oh, okay. It's one of the words. Okay, my fault. Uh, so, I'm actually on Nick's side here. You want to say that c word? <laughs> oh. Uh, come on. Um, so I'm on Nick's side in the sense that, you know, Tim McManus asked, a, it, was, it was a fair question. If, if you're hiring a head coach of the offense and you're hiring a head coach of the defense, like, like what's your role? And he says, the head coach of the team. Well, that's what John Harbaugh's role is too, right? Like there's, there's, I, I think we do get caught up in, yeah, the, in I, the notion. I don't think that there's anything wrong sure. with that. If so, that's the decision that they have made. Yeah. So that I'm, I'm not. Like, I, I don't think Nick is, is uh, it's like, what are you doing here? Because that's his job is, is well, the culture is uh, game management is over is, is being the head coach of the entire team. That's that's what by definition, that's what the head coach is. But that is part of it is that the culture seemed to be rotten at the end of the season and the game management has not been good. Sure, he he needs to he needs to improve that. Um, I did think it was a little bit funny that um, you know Nick was asked about uh, like what is his job, and he starts talking about we're still going to have our core values, but we might like move them around a little <laughs> bit. Like maybe we're going to order them differently. Like we'll put yeah. football IQ to the top at this time, and sure. that'll that'll yeah. be the secret sauce that yeah, yeah. That connection goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, connection goes to four compete. Well, I actually like the connection thing to me, Zach. Tell me what you think about this, and maybe I'm thinking about it too much. When you have to fire like these guys who have been with you every day for three years, as he talked about, like he's been with Brian Johnson more than he's been with his loved ones. Sure. Right. And that's when he dropped the, uh, the S bomb about how, how bad this process is. I think it is a little bit hard to continue to uh, preach that message 
when you know that you've had to like stab your people in the back. And I think there's a chance that it yeah. sort of falls on deaf ears. I, I know that this is the yeah. job. This is what they sign yeah, up for. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff. But like, you know, is Brian Johnson really fired because Brian Johnson was a bad offensive coordinator no. or is Brian Johnson fired because he's taking the fall for Nick Sirianni? I think, th I think the latter, but also if their offense was, was better this year, Brian Johnson would probably, he'd probably be a head coach this up, this upcoming year. But no, I, I, uh, I agree with, with what you're saying. Like if you're, I think if it's you're... the nature of the business though. And yeah, it's the bum Phillips quote. Sure, There's two types it, of coaches, the coaches who have been fired and the coaches who will be fired. Right. And I, and we all get that. Yeah. That's all true, but it makes the connection stuff sound a little false and ring a little bit hollow to me. And I could see like, if you are, you know, I don't know, Jamal Singleton or whoever, yeah. like a guy who was, who has also been here all three yeah. years and sees what was, what just happened. And like, here we go again. Like it's, we ought, we have to stay connected guys. We've got to be pulling in the same direction. We're like, okay, well we, we tried that. And then you just fired my buddy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I disagree with you there. I, I think it's a little idealistic to view it that way. Um, you know, Brian Johnson left, left Dan Mullen at Florida. Like he bettered his career at one point. And Nick Sirianni's let, you know, he, he's bettered his career. Um, I agree with what Nick said that it is crappy because uh, I, I can't say you. nice job. It is. It is crappy. Like I, I, I don't envy him. I, I, I've, I've never had to fire somebody before. I imagine that's that's difficult to do, especially when, like you said, everyone kind of knows that he's take that Brian Johnson's taking the fall for something that Nick is on the record saying he's responsible for the offense. Right. And they're bringing in fresh ideas. They're not firing Nick, but they to have these fresh ideas. It needs to be the offensive coordinator. That's that's a crappy part of this. And, and I think like I said, too, you know, as cr as crappy as Nick feels. <laughs> the person getting fired feels worse, right? Sure. We always talk about that on cutdown day when when they're like, well, this is the hardest day of the right. year for us. Well, it's much harder for the guy who's actually losing his job than the person who's who's uh, firing you, essentially. Um, and but, I'm sure that there's a little bit of, you know, yeah. survivor's guilt up there for Nick. Yeah. Like, he's up there. He's still here. He's had to fire these people who are answering for some of the things that maybe he, yeah. he failed at. But I, I, I do think coaches recognize this is part of the job. Like, every... It's it's the nature. Uh, it's the business they've chosen. If if we text Coach Flynn right now, he would probably tell us the same thing. Like it's the it's the business they've chosen. Yes, but then don't pretend that it's all kumbaya. That's all I'm saying. Is if you're if you're if it, you're going to pretend that like our secret yeah. sauce is connection and that's yeah. what's going to pull us yeah. through in the end, it's hard to it's hard to play both sides of that. I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, to I, me, it, it, I disagree it, with you there it, it, because it feels a little bit because, hollow. like, for instance, you know, T.J. Edwards could have felt really connected to the team last year, but he had an opportunity to better himself. Like Shane Steichen felt connection; he had an opportunity to better himself. Right? It, it works. It works both ways. If if you're going to leave, then you can also, you know, get 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 canned, if you will. So. Uh, yeah, that I I I, I kind of disagree with you on that. I I understood. Nick's sentiment about Brian Johnson, but again, like, uh, the, I mean, there is a bottom line portion to this that the offense wasn't good enough. He said it got stale. They needed to make changes, and Brian Johnson is the odd man out, and it's 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 not fair to Brian Johnson per se. But like I said, if the offense was was better, Brian Johnson would would probably he'd probably he'd probably be a head coach next year. Let me ask somewhere. you this because these press conferences are um, kind of a. Uh 
an S show, as as you might say, uh, okay. by nature, where you know there's there's uh, more media than usual, and everybody's trying to get a question in. Sure. And people are just sort of trying to make sure that their voice gets heard, even if a question has already been asked before. Yeah. Um, which is annoying. But one thing that that we didn't get sort of clarification on. Um, there was some focus on you know the nature of the meetings, and you asked a good question about that. But we didn't really get like what was Jeffrey Lurie's perspective here. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, they may have danced around that as, as I'm sure they would have, but given the way that Nick was talking about needing freshness on offense and the way that he was talking about, I can't say enough good things about Brian Johnson. Do you think that finding a new offensive coordinator was a Jeffrey Lurie edict? Just yes. purely speculation. Yeah, I, I and, think. And, and by that, I mean, and not Nick's idea. I mean, perhaps it was it was mutual. Like perhaps they both came to the conclusion that the offense was was stale. Now the route to get there, it it, it might have been up up for conversation. But knowing what we know about Jeffrey Lurie, uh, seeing an offense score nine points in the season finale, uh, I, I'm sorry, in the playoffs, have zero points at halftime, right, of the final regular season game. Clearly, the offense needed to improve. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie has put his foot down about the offense when it, it's been it's been better, you know, right. in, in, in certain situations. So uh, it's it sounded that way. Now, I, I, let's let's kind of paint this here a, a bit. I asked Jeffrey. Oh, I'm sorry. I asked uh, Nick specifically. How would you characterize those meetings? And did you feel you had to sell yourself and the vision to Jeffrey to keep your job? And he said it was it was normal end-of-season meetings like he's had the past few years. So he didn't necessarily feel like he had to, but he said he was an unproven coach when they hired him. He's felt the past two years, three years, that he's had to prove himself, and he feels now like he has to prove himself again, and he has to prove them right again. So he says that's, that's the way he's going into it. Uh, clearly, as, as you said at the top of the show, as Howie said at the top of the press conference, this was an atypical end of the year. Right, it's the s snowstorm, the exit meetings, all of that. They can say all that. It doesn't take a week plus yeah. for your head coach and, and or your GM to speak after after the game. Sean McDermott lost a tough game. He spoke right the day after. The, you know, every team finds a way. You know, they all have exit meetings. It's also, by the way, much easier if you do it then. Sure, like they could have just done it then. Yeah. It, it, so clearly, there. I mean, they said that they had to take that time. You know, I think. Nick made the reference today so we, so we can answer your questions, right? I mean, it's, it's not as if they answer our questions much different today than they would have a week ago. Uh, but clearly there were conversations that, that needed to be had with Jeffrey Lurie. And, change, you know, after that, the def we, we knew the defensive coordinator change was, was, was going to happen. The offensive coordinator change happens. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think whether this was Jeffrey's idea or whether it was Jeffrey's demand or whether it was something Nick brought to the table, um, I, I, I don't think Nick went into that meeting and Jeffrey was ready to talk him into keeping the same offense, right? Uh, so right. That's, I guess that's the best way I can answer that question. I wonder if it was, you know, this is, this is pure speculation, but it read to me like it was the kind of thing where it was like, you can go together or you can be the one to fire him. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's good. It's, it's, look, it's a fair, I, I, I don't know. And I don't know if I'm going to read 
that, but clearly, <laughs> in order to have a, a fresh perspective and a new person calling the offense, you need to change the offensive coordinator. Uh, and that, that stinks for Brian Johnson. That's the reality for the Eagles. All right, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about our dear friends at Wheelhouse? Because cards and community, that's what you're all about, baby. Yeah, I, I, I do like uh, well, well, community, and then my son loves cards. And when I was that age, I, I loved cards as well. That's how uh, I, as, when I play Immaculate Grid, uh, especially the baseball version, really like the only thing I'm doing is what pops into my mind is a, is a picture of a, of a baseball card. And so I got very upset the other day. There was, uh, it was the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Rays. Well, not necessarily. Not, okay. in, not when you do it, when you go back. And it was a player born outside the U.S. or, or D.C. And just p- what pops into my mind for whatever reason is a baseball card of D.V. Cruz. Davey Cruz, mm, yeah. the shortstop. But he never played a game for the Devil Rays. I didn't know that. Uh, I just had the, the, I had the image in my mind. Okay. Well, Cost that's, me a nine for nine. Sorry to hear that. That's a good segue, though, for this because you can get that. That, that Debbie Cruz card and other cards. At yeah, those Wheel- are, I don't know if you're going to have enough money to get that card. <laughs> at Wheelhouse Cards. It's the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their Dating? motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome, Baseball, Amosaic, Football as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 brand, Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Shy Vintage Sports is my favorite one there. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores, Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY. It gets you $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. And be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. And if you want to save a little bit of cash money so you can afford that Davy Cruz card, well, Rocket Money has you covered because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower those bills, bills, bills. The thing about Rocket Money, it's it's a perfect setup. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want anymore, I don't want to pay for that anymore, I cancel it with one tap, and then I don't have to be the one who goes through that arduous time-wasting process. They do it for you. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. And not only that, they will try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money to negotiate or lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Uh, Julia, do you mind pulling up the uh, Super Chats? Let's, uh, let's knock those out. Real Time says, which DC can best scheme Ill-fated penetration is, I think, what he was uh, going for there, Zach. And then MBDBDBDBDBFEBBDBD says, Can you imagine Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan or Matt LaFleur bringing in an offensive coordinator to run the offense with new ideas? What chops does Sirianni have to be CEO? What are we doing? Yeah, so I'll disagree with that because, I mean... I think he is not that type of coach anyway. Exactly. Exactly. John Harbaugh 
Brought in Todd Monken this year. He had Greg Roman before that. Uh, he had Jim Caldwell before that. He had Cam Cameron before that. I'm trying to go through all my Ravens OCs. Uh, but yeah, but he was, I mean, to be fair, not an offensive sure, coach. Sure. I mean, Tomlin has, has brought in different people. Belichick's brought in different people, right? Like you yeah, don't, None of them offensive guys. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying he, if, 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 if you're saying what qualities does Nick Sirianni have it, it, to be the CEO coach, it will be the, the leadership ability. It will be the organization ability. Uh, that would be if, if they felt that he was deficient at that, then he shouldn't have the job. Because, look, if he's not calling the offense, uh, he, he needs to be exceptional in these other areas. And only Jeffrey can ascertain that. Now, uh, or, or not only Jeffrey, but Jeffrey is responsible for ascertaining that. Uh, Howie Roseman kind of gave his defense for why Nick Sirianni is still the head coach and mentioned Sirianni's record before the, the uh, one and six end to the season talked about three consecutive postseason appearances I don't, I don't know how many teams there are that have been uh, in the playoffs three straight years like the reality of it is um i mean not to pat ourselves on the back but it was kind of like the pitch that i gave in the meeting last week right uh you was a little you, bit more composed what's that it was a little bit more composed <sighs> wow <laughs> jesus i mean there's a reason you got fired in that meeting <laughs> <laughs> I got fired because it was your decision. That's why. Um, I'm sorry. I was just channeling Jeffrey Lurie. That had nothing to do with uh, me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I got a message from someone recently saying, what if you turn the tables on on Bo and, the, and like started ripping on him? And I was like, I, I know how that would turn out within the first 30 seconds of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, he was touting his uh, resume there, right? And so, uh, so the, whether you think that is merit for staying the head coach, uh, that's, I, that's, that's the way Howie Roseman's framing it. And it is accurate, right? Three consecutive postseason appearances. Now, the thing is, you, you can't say this is what his record was before he finished one and six this year because he finished one and six this year. And there's no denying that. And that, that stain is going to be there. It's going to be there throughout the offseason. It's going to be there going into next season. And it's going to be there going into, uh, you know, the 2024 December and January. So he needs to... He, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, until Nick Sirianni wins in the postseason and, and, and goes into the postseason, this is, as part, this is as much a part of his resume as those things that Howie mentioned. Very, just very quickly looking, I could be wrong about this, I, I counted, I think, seven teams that have gone to the playoffs three straight years. That's almost a quarter of the league. That's not, that's not a crazy yeah, and two of those years were first-round exit. One of those years was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but it's as we discussed in the past week. I I don't know if you're going to get a more credentialed – well, I shouldn't say that. You can probably get Bill Belichick. But uh, there aren't as many credentialed coaches av av available right now as, as Nick Sirianni. Now, you have to have confidence in his, in his fitness as, as a head coach, and we'll see that this year, right? Like, this is a big year for Nick. And that's kind of that's the part of this that that looms over um, is, you know, I, I, re I remember going into the 2012 season, how Jeffrey Lurie said, like, eight and eight's unacceptable. Right. And that kind of set the set the uh, standard for that year. It's fairly clear that 
if there's a first round exit next year or if, if 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 there's inconsistency next year you can't just keep running it back right you know there 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 needs to be improvement next year all right i think we should save the fangio stuff here let's let's make tomorrow's episode which will be at noon we'll be back at our uh, normal noon time let's make that like the fangio episode okay. let's really get into that yeah uh, we'll do some work on it tonight let's, let's keep like getting it. into some of the things we heard today um the one of the things he said that was interesting was like about the rest of the staff that, you know, it's not ideal that there are all these position coaches and uh, quality control coaches who are sort of twisting in the wind, yeah. wind right now because whoever they hire, those coordinators might want to bring yeah. position coaches with them, which makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and then you want to evaluate the staffs on their own merit. It was interesting. He kept he kept bringing up Kevin Petulo. So it sounds like Kevin Petulo is safe, which is which is good to know. That's a piece yeah. of news. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think to use. The reference that you used about Jeffrey Lurie, like, uh, you know, it's out of both of you or it, mm. if that was framed with, with, with Kevin Petuo, mm. they both might have been going down with the ship. OK, um, let's see what else here I have in my notes. How about your question? Because you uh, referenced it, the, it before when the linebackers, how he brought that up unprompted. And he said that they had a lot of confidence in the Kobe Dean this year, basically suggesting and he said Zach Cunningham had a, uh, had a, a good season. But, but basically that everything, and it's, it's what we talked about, I think, the first week of the show, actually, when, when N'Kobe got hurt. All their plans at linebacker this year, were, were, they were built around N'Kobe Dean. And they let TJ Edwards and Kaiser White leave with the expectation, the confidence, that N'Kobe Dean would be the top guy. And that did not come to fruition. Um, so that, he, that was his kind of rationale for why the linebackers underperformed this year. Yeah, you know, I am not, I'm not here to bury Nicobe Dean. I think there's a chance that Nicobe Dean is going to be a good player for the next two years. I think the failure was, in part, a lack of uh, self scouting um, from his rookie year. You know, they chose to not get him on the field at all and mm -hmm. better evaluate him. And then number two, making that like the plan on defense. Yet, like. Listen, if they're going to invest that high of a third round pick on a linebacker, yeah. they're going like he's going to be the main guy on defense in the middle of the field. But, you know, part of the reason that he fell was because there were injury concerns and he got injured twice this year in his first year as a presumed full time starter. That was always going to be on the table for that position. And they didn't have good enough backup plans. And when they had an all pro caliber guy sitting on the bench and then released him and he got to go to New, uh, New England, guess what? The season went down the drain. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that question didn't come up. You know, uh, I tried to get it. You tried to get it. Yeah. Um, so to give kind of an, an overview of what how we said about the roster, uh, first he said that he thinks back to the Tuesday after the Super Bowl last year, and Nick Sirianni walks into his office and, and says to him, how, you know, uh, how are you doing, Howie? And Howie was most upset about letting – uh, good guy that he he knew good players were 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 gonna have to go he knew their schedule was was gonna be more difficult he didn't mean just players though he was talking about coaches he said good people good people yeah because i think that's a big part of it for them oh okay okay you thought coaches too he was referring that's to. how i read that yeah okay i i, I thought he meant like you know because in that a, time you're losing both coordinators yeah. well, I, I thought he meant like it's a good player it's a better person type thing you know like i didn't think i meant i think he meant everybody in gotcha the, infrastructure okay. so yeah so and then he referenced how the schedule was going to be more difficult and he said that uh they knew they had some 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 young pieces he thought that the offense would be ahead of the defense they don't want to be middle of the pack in like both of those uh and and so the offense would 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 be ahead 
Um, then I don't he, know if you're gonna if you want to commit long term money to aging players in the sure. secondary if that's the case if you're willing to accept a back turn on defense but sure and and so that was uh, that was kind of how he ex- explained it he he said he's a part of this he he looks at when they've made the Super Bowl he's he's done a really good job in those years and so he has to look at his part <laughs> of course <laughs> and then um you know he, he said that they're always kind of studying the league trends and that. Uh, but they need to anticipate what the trend is going to be, which I ag- agree with him there. Totally. Uh, what I, I wanted to know, he, he didn't answer this question, is how he feels their roster stacks up against the team still playing. And I, I, I wanted, I would try to get that on, on the record because basically does, does he view it like they had a Super Bowl caliber roster that underachieved? Or does he feel like, the roster played to its potential this year. And I didn't really get an answer on that. Uh, but I am curious from an organizational perspective, clearly they think coaching was an issue here. That's why they, they that's why they fired coordinators on both sides of the ball. Uh, it will be, uh, and there are considerations like contracts and, you know, dead money that could restrain you in, in certain areas, but we'll see based on their moves, how much they view, the roster as an issue here and whether they, they make material changes or whether like philosophically it's the same thing and it's just new coaches trying to extract more out of the talent. What did you make of Howie's answer? Uh, I think, I think it was Jeff McLean who asked him his role and his view of the Matt Patricia situation, the sequence of events there. Um, he said that, Nick came to he his office. Nick came to him. Nick came yeah. to him. And just like when Nick came to him about the play calling with Shane Steichen right. a, a few years ago. And that he's Which was curious because I thought that that was Jonathan Gannon. But. <laughs> well, Jonathan Gannon came to Nick with it. Okay. And then Nick went to Howie with it. That's the chain of events here, yeah. yes. Um, but I think, look, I, I got to imagine that, uh, that there's, there's more to that story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is like a good, you know, let, let's keep in mind reporters out there that like they are not under oath up there yes. so you, you cannot say that like uh so like the uh, story is confirmed like that's just what he said yeah also i i i want to clear this up you know there's there tends to be like fan sentiment when they're upset that reporters but we, we really need to pin them like it's not like you say false that's false like right. you ask you ask them the question uh they give their version of it you try to do more reporting on whether yeah. it, yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a whole song and dance yes. okay there the truth is there are no repercussions for them just lying to our faces they're not like there's no there's no perjury but, but which, at a press which, conference which like okay? we uh, and as i've said nick is a nice guy okay i i i will say that nick is a nice guy if you think i'm being a uh nick um sympathist here or whatever then i will i will i will wear that but nick blatantly lied to all of our faces and your faces the fans when he said this year that you know he said week 13 they're not making any changes right and then all along they were they were making this change right and then he said after the game the reason i didn't say anything was for competitive advantage as if like that you know throwing they lost throwing sean desai up there to do a press conference mattered more that you know the the dignity right. of it's like the lack of dignity well, in the in the in that competitive advantage Trump lack of connection so yeah so I uh, how he said quote I trust him with the coaching staff and he had made up his mind yeah look I I think there's probably all always more to the story but 
It is Nick's. Nick's perspective there was, you know, if I do something and it doesn't work out, you can second guess it. Uh, you know, basically saying he did what he thought was right at the time. No, really, no acknowledgement. I don't like that. I didn't like that answer from Nick. I, I I didn't like that answer at all, frankly. I I think what you don't see, yeah, clearly. I think you can say like like I did what I thought was best at the time and it didn't work. I and he you know, it to your decide point like. I don't know what the relationship dynamics are between Nick and mm. Desai, but it is a little bit bothersome to me from the outside that, you know, Brian Johnson, I couldn't say enough good things about Brian Johnson. Yeah. Matt Patricia, well, I mean, I, I really put him in a tough spot, and there's no such cover for, for Desai. Yeah. It's like they're, they're just throwing him under the bus. Yeah, uh, it was a good question from uh, Jimmy Kemsky. Like, would you know? Would you have 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 done that again, or do you? I guess regret that decision. And he was asked that a few times. And his point about you can always second guess it. Well, no, that's literally what we're doing here. Is you have the benefit of hindsight now. Do you regret it? Um, and he says it's a decision that that we understand. You agreed with that decision at, at the time. What I want to what I wanted to see there was a little bit of acknowledgement that this did not work. That uh, it was it was it was a mistake. It was an error in judgment. It was an error in execution, and that this is something that that needs to be reevaluated with everything else. You can't just like if I make a bad decision, I can't just say, "Well, I thought it was the right decision in the time." No, how are you learning from that decision? Like I will be I will be quick to admit if if, if I make a decision, I will say, "You know what? These this is why I, I made it, but I was wrong." Okay, and when I go forward. This is how I'll do that decision better in the future. So I, I did not like that answer from, from Nick. And if Nick asked me that, I would tell him that. Um, this was not really what he meant, but it sort of made me laugh as I was thinking about it on the drive from uh, Novacare to here. Basically, the idea that if you had the ultimate gift and you, you granted... Howie Roseman, a time machine, and he could go anywhere and make any effect on the arc of the history of the world. You know, he's not he's not going back to kill Hitler. You know, he's not he's not going to cancel the Apprentice early. He's going to go back like two months to the, to the game uh, after the Bills game and just soak up how good it felt to be ten and one. I think context is relevant there. I mean, I, there's probably other things he would yeah, of do. Of course, that was not the question. I'm, that's sure. why I was just I yeah. was laughing about it. Like, yeah. man, if only I had a time machine, I could go back. To that Bills game. Like, yeah. I mean, my guess yeah, is... But the, you know, the time you met your wife for the first time yeah. or something like that. You'd probably go back know. to January 2013, honestly. Oof, I thought you were going to say January 6th. Uh, I, just, I just thought that's what you were going to say when you said January. It's, that's where your mind goes when I said January? As if, yes. like... Okay, well, well, you need to work on that. Like, if that's... You don't think he... You think he would go to January 2013? You don't think he'd go... How about to the parade? Oh, true. Well, I mean, if there's anything he could redo, it's probably hiring mm. Chip. Although he probably feels that. Yeah, but then it led to the then Super Bowl. Then it led Bowl, to the Super Bowl. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he might. I mean, why not go back? Well, actually, like two weeks after that, and just keep Christian Ellis. <laughs> I mean, wave Albert O. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did that turn out to be? Yeah. Actually, you know what? We should have asked why was Rashad Penny on the roster. <laughs> That would have been, that was the first question. That should have been the first question. Yeah, that, that'd be a, a good icebreaker. Yeah, uh, Howie, the reference to the, to the time machine is um, for, so there uh, there's sickos for the show. I'm sickos for Howie press conferences, right? Howie made a reference uh, in 2016 when he got the job back. Um, if he could get in a, a DeLorean, am I pronouncing it correctly? No, DeLorean. 
Isn't that what I said, DeLorean? Well, you asked. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but you asked if you could pronounce it correctly. What did I say? You said DeLorean. And it's? DeLorean. So I said D and it's duh. Yeah. Okay. I spelled it quite a bit because I've used that quote. It's D-E. <laughs> I spelled it quite a bit. Okay. That's good. Uh, you're, you're, yeah. It means you learn from reading. Yeah. So if he can go back in the, the so he said then, if he can go back, he said it wasn't too long ago when we led the league in explosive plays. Mm. Uh, and there, I wish I can go in a DeLorean and uh, go back in time and have those players. He was referring, of course, to Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy, but I can't do that. So that was the time machine reference. So when he said, he, he, he made a point where I've talked about the time machine in the past, that was what he was referring to. Mm. Now, it was, an aud- it was an auditorium of about th- uh, 30 reporters, I think you're the only one. <laughs> you think I'm yeah, the only one? I think you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who immediately knew that he was I, referencing 2016. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, I knew exactly what he was referring to there. Um, but that was, so he said then if he can go into the time machine and go back to the, the end of the Bills game, he, he would, being 10 and 1 at, at, at that point. Um, I just think, so Nick Sirianni had a quote earlier this year, I think after the week. 18 game or the week 17 game. I think it was, it was the week 18 game. Um, you know, the, the last six games don't invalidate, you know, the first 11 or something of that nature. And I don't know what the Eagles are saying internally, but if they're looking at it like, well, we were a 10 and one team and not, we were a one and six team. I think, I think that's problematic. Now, both of those are true, but if, if you cling to this notion that you were a 10 and one team, then your your uh, your the way you approach the offseason, in my opinion, is going to be ineffective because you're you're going to be blinded by what happened then, and they 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 don't want to overweigh the one and six, but the one and six is there. That's how they ended the season. They have a team that finished among the worst in the NFL uh, in those last seven games, and they can't. They, they can't deny it. They can't explain it away. And they, they need to go about fixing it. I agree with you. Uh, I, like, generally speaking, I am of the opinion, like, you, you take the full sample size into yeah. account. That matters more. Um, you, you don't, you don't want to overvalue the end of the season and, you know, succumb to recency bias. I think in this situation, the context matters a lot. Um, and they didn't just go from you know, uh, lose, winning some flip coin flip games to yep. losing some coin flip games. Like they became one of the worst teams in the league over the past seven weeks of the season. And there were like personality dynamics that were obviously affected. And like, it, it was not just the case of we were really good. And then we got unlucky. Yeah. Like, and that's why they fired both coordinators. Like that's, I think they know that they're just, they're just sort of saying that, um, to move on. What more did you want to hear from them? In a reasonable That's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I think Howie could have been a little more reflective about the roster. That's what I tried asking him um, in terms of the roster but composition. But that's not his nature. Um, yeah. And I think, I think what, you, what he said about, like, you want to stay ahead of the curve is, uh, is true, and that is what matters. Now, you can, we can talk about tomorrow, like, whether... whether you know, like chasing the ghost of Vic Fangio is following that, uh, or if you're just, yeah, you know, going yeah, I, back I, to yeah. what was, yeah, what was I, 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 I disagree but. with some thoughts that some people have, have on that, but go on. Um, 
from Nick. You know what? Really, honestly, the only thing that that uh, I would have liked to hear was a little bit more like honest reflection on the Patricia decision and you know how things went wrong. Now, one thing that was interesting. Well, first of all, you answer that question. What 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 else would you have liked to hear? And this probably leads in, into what you, what you might have been talking about is I want to hear a little bit more about Jalen. Um, I still I I keep I think that and perhaps I'm colored by the the covering of Carson Wentz and kind of the downfall of Carson Wentz. By no means am I comparing Jalen Hurts to Carson Wentz. But I do recall when they traded Carson, one of the things I asked is, like, when you're in that position again, when you have a franchise quarterback, what will you do differently? Yeah. And um, Jalen's personality is different than, than, than Carson's personality, so it's not apples for apples. But there was a lot of enabling of, of Carson uh, during the 18, 19, 20 seasons. And there was a lot of excuse-making for Carson in the 18, 19, 20 seasons. And uh, there was a lot of rationalization and a lot of, like, keeping their blinders on until maybe, I mean, I mean, you can argue that perhaps they didn't have those blinders on when they took Jalen Hurts. But point being, um, there is, uh, you have to be careful not to, you want to empower Jalen Hurts because of his importance in the organization, but you don't want to enable him, right? You, you want to make him feel as valuable as he is and as important as he is um, because he is. But you don't want to obscure things that he can work on or not hold him accountable for certain things. He regressed this year. There are areas where Jalen needs to be better. And that's something that I don't hear a lot of from them publicly. One would think that perhaps it's happening privately. Yeah, I think there, I, I think uh, two lines here. One is you talk about not repeating the same mistakes with Carson Wentz. I mean, it took one mediocre, like just half step back of a season for Jalen Hurts for there to be all of this talk about his leadership coming yeah. from the locker room and like, uh, you know, is he doing a good enough job as a, as a leader of the team? Like all of that stuff to be sourced out from the Novacare complex, like that seems like it's repeating that mistake. Um, the second thing is you talk about not enabling him. And I think that is an important um, way to frame moving on from Brian Johnson. And I think, as you have said before, we have probably, or at least like the, the Eagles bubble has overstated to some oh, yeah, degree, like the closeness between Jalen Hurts and, and Brian Johnson. But uh, I thought the question was, the answer was very funny today because Howie Roseman made a, made a point to go back to it. Yes. And he like, he didn't think this was fair. The question to Nick about whether you talk to Jalen about moving on from Brian Johnson and how he went back and was like, no, I got to say, like, that's unfair. Like, he's only, he's a 25-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a 25, he's 25 years old. What happened to a year ago talking about this is the most mature 24-year-old yeah. we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. He gave him $250 million. Like, oh, don't put that on the 25-year-old. My poor baby. Yeah, Give me so, a break. So my interpretation of, of that was actually Howie being rabbit-eared, if you will, uh, or, or sensitive to the suggestions that they were the kind of taking whatever Carson said and doing like like doing whatever Carson wanted toward the end because he said they talk to all their players but right. the players aren't there to make decisions like it's sure. on the coach sure, it's they on call the Carson the day they're going to draft Jalen yeah it, yeah um, no or 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 even like those uh, you know some of those drafts there they drafted a bunch of people from Carson's agency and there was a mm. thought that 
um, internally when Malcolm Jenkins left, like we're going to give Carson once the locker right. room and that there was a lot there. They did things behind the scenes and actually Jeff McClain did a good job. Um, he had a podcast during uh, the summer with like some of the things they did behind the scenes for Carson. He mentioned like a police escort to all the games, right? right, that, that, right. that like other people didn't have. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I think that was his way of saying like Jalen Hurts isn't making these decisions. This isn't Magic Johnson. That's good. You know, this isn't Magic Johnson saying fire Paul Westhead or I'm trading, right? Um, but I do think that the I think Jalen Hurts respects Brian Johnson. And they actually have a, they have a long relationship. I think one thing that's kind of like missing here in this convenient narrative that you know Brian Johnson played for Jalen Hurts' father and they're from the same hometown and they're close. Jalen Hurts had the chance to twice play for Brian Johnson in college. Yeah. Right. Brian Johnson re recruited him to Mississippi State. Um, or tried. And, yeah. And then yeah, like tried getting him to come to Mississippi yeah. State and then tried getting him to come to Florida. Okay. And Jalen Hurts chose Alabama and then chose Oklahoma, yeah. right? Jalen Hurts is going to do what's best for Jalen Hurts' career. He's shown that. He's not, like, he's, he's, he, he's not in the business of, uh, he, I mean, he doesn't, he's not Brian Johnson's agent here, right? Um, and Brian would tell you the same thing. Brian would have been a, an offensive coordinator last year uh, for, an, um, I don't want to say a number of teams. There were a few teams that wanted to hire him a, a, a year ago, and Jalen Hurts wasn't their quarterback. So it wasn't because of Jalen Hurts there. So these are two separate things here. Now, I do think that if you're firing Brian Johnson, you need to talk to Jalen Hurts. He's that important to you. Oh, you got to keep him in the loop. Yeah. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think you make a decision to placate Jalen Hurts. I think you make a decision – because you need Jalen Hurts to be at his best self. So whatever is good is going to make this is is going to make Jalen Hurts look like he did two years ago, or of that level. You do it. Yeah, I just it's just something for you to keep in mind, though. Like you can criticize Howie, you can criticize Nick, but the names of everybody on the roster under 26 years old keep <laughs> keep them at your mouth, please. Yeah, there there are only 25, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, I that's that's ridiculous. These are. Yeah, these are uh, these are men. Um, there, with that in mind, I thought it was interesting. There was another sort of like, I don't know if it was a, a slip of the tongue or just something Nick was saying about how the new offensive coordinator is going to bring a scheme and also like coach the quarterback mm -hmm. and be important to coaching the quarterback. And so I think that is something to think about as we canvas the landscape for offensive coordinator candidates which you can read on all phly yeah great job if you man. are a diehard 31 candidates 3,000 words just you know up until three in the morning i think it was 30 candidates finishing. though because there was one candidate there that i didn't know no, who i didn't it was. count that one that oh was, you didn't count that, that okay. was 32 yeah okay because i i i was like barton fink doesn't count i was like crap who's barton fink and i googled it and i googled like barton fink football and I'm trying to figure this out, and then I realized that it's a culture reference I didn't understand. That's okay. Yeah. Um, what is that like? A, a movie from the early 1990s? Yes, it's a Cohen Brothers movie. You see, that's it was it was uh, Liam Cohen. It was, it was left over from the Liam Cohen Liam Cohen section. Yeah, that one went way over my head. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but I think uh, just like maybe, Howie's reference today probably went over your head. But see, I don't think that he was like implicitly referencing his previous time oh, machine I think he was. thing. If you go back, if you go back and listen, he was referencing that specific quote. He was referencing the time he referenced that he was referencing the time he mentioned the, the time machine in the past. It was a little Easter egg for those who pay what attention. What would you use your uh, let's let's say that like 
the really, really important world historic things had been okay. done on the time machine already, and you got just a, a chance to do a, a time machine, what would you do? Well, I'd like to think that you learn from every decision that, that you make. Um, you know, so there are things that there are decisions that I made that I probably would have done like uh, differently if I had to do over. But you try to like learn and maximize whatever those decisions are. Uh, this isn't a job I, interview. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm telling you. So it would probably be, honestly, it, it would probably be 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 something I. Well, I mean, like the obvious answer, if if I'm being honest, is like I I, I would have invested in, in in Google's IPO or something like that, right? Like that would have been. What like that's the? <laughs> I th I did not think that that was the obvious answer. <laughs> is, that's not an obvious answer. If you could go over and do anything again, you wouldn't invest in Google's IPO. I mean, come on. I think we have different uh, sentimental tendencies. Well, obviously there are family things I, I could do, but there's some things you can't control, right? Like I'm yeah, talking that's about what things. That's a time machine is for. That's no, that's... but I'm talking about something I, I can't I can't control. Like I mean, not to get deep, I can't control like the health of somebody or something like that, right? Um, yeah, but you could go back. That's what the time machine's for. You can go back and uh, spend some good time one more time. Okay, so then I would spend some time with loved ones, okay, who I've lost. I would do that. But like of of something that I had control over, yeah, I'd probably invest in Google's IPO. Okay, I, I don't think that's a bad. That's so funny. I don't. Know, just not the way my brain works. Good for you. I don't know. What's your answer besides like? The, I don't know. My the first thing I think of is I would yeah I would go I would yeah. go spend time with. With loved ones. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would. Just, I would do that. I'd spend time with 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 loved well, ones. You don't have to take my answer. Outside. You know, outside no. I, I, I said not, that. That's not what occurs to you. I said outside outside of that. Okay. Outside outside of that, what would you do? Is there like would you have thrown a different pitch in a game? Would you have? No, uh, I always threw a perfect pitch. Okay. I'm not surprised you think that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> outside of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would. I would go. I would go back to a, a fun experience. I would. I would re-experience. A good experience. That's what the time machine is for. Oh, in my, yeah. In my mind. I mean, now nah, part of what makes it a great experience is is that it's fine. Is that you make billions of dollars off of it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah I, I'm, I'm not gonna get mocked for that answer. I think that's a really, I, I think that's a really uh, like. All right, let's let's play this forward. Answer. Let's play this forward then. You have become a multi-billionaire. What are you what are you using your money for? Well, compound interest, right? But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I would. I mean, there's then there's different investments you can make thereafter. And you're uh, just to, to invest more. That's all you want is more, more, more. So, <laughs> this is this is like what a capitalist. <laughs> it's like uh, all you want is more money. You're so greedy. You just have billions of dollars. Give it, you know, no. give it to people who need it, or I don't know, buy a team for yourself. That would I would I I you could just do. want more investments. No, you could. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. If I had a billion dollars, there's so much more I could invest in infrastructure in Africa. Like, like there's a, a, a okay. lot you could do. Okay. Yeah. So, th so That's there's an a, answer. There's a, a lot you could do. Yeah. So. Okay. But I'm saying that I mean, there's there's uh, there's certainly options in that case. And so all of this is to say that my understanding <laughs> is that the offensive coordinator is going to have some kind of quarterback <laughs> experience, which yes. makes Gerard Johnson, who they yes. talked to today, an interesting candidate. Uh, yeah, Gerard Johnson's a very interesting candidate, and that was um, that was Adam Schefter who uh, who reported that, right? Uh, Gerard Johnson is, um, he, you know, like you said yesterday, he worked with Nick Sirianni, right? Okay, he's been exposed to this uh, this Kyle Shanahan tree, obviously in Houston, in Minnesota, 
he was in San Francisco for a bit, was uh, he, he bounced around the NFL for a while. He was with the Eagles. And I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wore number one, just like Jalen Hurts. What did you think of that? That that's what that, did I think of that? No, that, that summer when you watched him, I wasn't I, there. He had a weird game. release angle. That's what I remember about him. He okay. sort of threw from the side. That's Six what, five. That was, that's it, what yeah. I, well, yeah, he he wasn't taking advantage yeah. of the height. Yeah. He had sort of a an awkward throwing angle. That's what I remember about Gerard Johnson. Yeah, I I, I remember him when he was at Texas A and M. Yeah, good. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, you threw me off there with the. Uh, it's just so funny because the whole point of, of investing in Google is you like you get to make the money that you never have to worry about money again. And then the, 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 the step two is so that I can make even more money. All right. Let's let's change like that's, you've then. just you've just uh, elucidated the entire problem with the uh, with the with the country. Well, we don't need to go there. That's not that's <laughs> I, um, all right. Uh, any other takeaways? When is it going to be enough for you? No. <laughs> Any other takeaways uh, from, from, from your perspective? Um, I'm trying to think. That's, that's everything I had written down in my notebook, but uh, I could have forgotten a few things. What about you? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, we should set the, the, uh, the stage for tomorrow's conversation that they were asked about Vic Fangio that came up. Yeah, and it happened in the middle of the press conference. Yes, and Nick said that there's a lot of good there's there's a lot of good candidates that they are speaking to, uh, so 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 that was the. Uh, I like this uh, very funny idea in the chat. What if what if Fangio brings in Desai? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, look, he's gonna be able to bring his own staff, right? So um, so that that would be. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not gonna be Desai, but we'll get into all the all the Fangio stuff tomorrow. Um, I I thought that overall. In, in, in terms of what more I, I, I wanted to see, they weren't going to give you an action plan going forward. I, I, I did want to see a, a little bit, though, in terms of, like, you know, where Howie's saying this is, this is what needs to be done better with the roster, with, 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 with Nick saying this is what needs to be done better with the offense. It's not just new ideas, but, like, we need to incorporate creativity or, I don't know, there's, there's different things you can do in, in that regard. I'm going to guess that Ronaldo Hill is going to come with him to be the Eagles' defensive backs coach. That's a, that's a prediction I'll make based on his background with them together. Just looking at it. Okay. Tough news for uh, D.K. McDonald. D.K. McDonald, who was a groomsman in Nick Sirianni's wedding, so we'll see if he – maybe he goes back to assistant defensive backs coach. That would be tough. Tough pill to swallow, but Okay. All right. Anything else from uh, what? What last thing, Zach? Because I know that uh, people were upset about this. What'd you make of the half-hour <laughs> delay on the press conference? Yeah, I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm used to it, yeah. right? Uh, I think I've made. I might have made this reference last week. I I, I know I, I made it to you off air. Um, I don't know if I made it on air. That like my next book, it could be titled "Waiting for Jalen," right? Um, there's so much. Uh, of my time that I'm waiting for the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, I am, I am used to it. <laughs> I got a message from, from somebody that it's kind of rude to be late to a, a meeting you schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, that's them kind of... But uh, it's unsurprising. It's, yeah, we're not it, there. It's not a big deal. Yeah, we're, we're not their priority. Um, right. We've waited a week. They're figuring they can wait 30 more minutes, yeah. and that's what happened. And I just felt for Julia because she was waiting for us to do the show. Uh, and we're able to uh, do the show now. And 
hopefully it was a good one. I like, uh, I like Z Bezos from, uh, from Josh in the chat. I mean, that's a compliment. Jeff Bezos is an impressive person. So Bad news for Emily. Uh, no, no, not at all. Well, if you're going to be following the Bezos plot, well, not everything. I mean, I'm, I'm not everything. Can we yeah. can we spend some time at the very close here to congratulate Emily on uh, yeah, um, on yeah. Her, her her new uh, her new venture? Yeah, Emily's this is very exciting. Emily's going into real estate. Um, so uh, I, I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. Uh, she'll appreciate you you bring that up. Anyone who's uh, can you give the can you give the sicko some deets if they're looking for uh, looking for some real estate help? I will have it on my Twitter page. Um, okay, coming up, uh, and I'll, sh- I'll I'll share the information. But Emily Berman will she can help you with if, if you're buying if you're selling. Um, yeah, she uh, she will help you out. That's She's great because you love to buy and sell. <laughs> no, I like the holds. You know that. <laughs> yes. That's true. Yes. Like, yes. Bad news, Bramley. Like, <laughs> I like the holds. She knows that too. So, yes. <laughs> well, yes. congratulations to Emily. Very cool. Uh, very cool change and exciting. So, uh, check that out on, on Zach's Twitter. He'll put out a tweet. So, <laughs> look out for that. For uh, Julia and uh, Mr. Bezos to my left, we appreciate you. <laughs> And thank you for listening and watching. We are back tomorrow at noon and Friday at noon as well. Tomorrow, we're talking Vic Fangio. We may have some more news about offensive coordinator interviews before then. On Friday, we're going to have the professor, Dane Is, back in studio to talk about his thoughts. Maybe he's got some more pointed thoughts on the press conference that we heard today. But uh, lots more to come on allphly.com and on the PHLY Eagles podcast. So thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 